Welcome to the All the Books Show, episode 253, recorded from home, official podcast of the David A. Hale Public Library. We talk book news, author news, literary news, party news? Why not? It, yeah. It, if there's a party, I want to cover it. All right. Well, uh, this just in then, uh, ain't no party like an All the Books <gasps> party. That's right. I wish that was our topic then. Oh, boy. Seems like I really was leading into something. It really it does. Is it too late to switch? How locked into this are we? Let me check. I think we're, I think we're in. Maybe yep. we can make it 255. Our producer's telling me. 255 can be our, yeah. yeah. Our producer's yeah, telling me literary parties. Is in. Yeah, we can't. We can't is there that. a literary party you can think of? I mean, aren't all the award, like the, the Hugo Awards and all that, aren't those yeah, really I guess just those parties? Yeah, a bit of a party. Yeah. They're like cons and that sort of thing. I, I would say so. Anyway, I'm Nick Gunning. Hi, Nick Gunning. And you are? Oh, I'm Eric Mickles. That's right. Despite forgetting to say your name and then whatever happened after you forgot to say your name, I was really impressed with the way that you reversed all the words of the intro, and yet you still put I got them... to the end. You did. Yeah. You put them together smoothly, and it just poured right through. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I was wearing a hat, it would be off, sir. Oh, yeah. That's how I but feel. you notoriously have a bad reputation with hats. You didn't have to say that on the Sorry. podcast, but I mean, I guess if you're watching Twitch and you see the size of my head, you probably are aware hey, that... Man, uh, I'm- I'm not in a dissimilar boat. I've never really found... I used to have a Superman ball cap to where I cannot tell you where it's gone. Mm. I wore it uh, overseas yeah. for like three weeks and brought it back. I, I loved it, but I don't think I necessarily looked good in it. Yeah. I can honestly say that I have never mm. looked good in a hat. It's rough because your heart cries out for a hat. I, I like a good hat, sure. Yeah. 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 Just throw on a baseball hat or whatever. I had mm. to... Uh, I was like the, the assistant coach for my son's t-ball league, and I had to wear a, a red <laughs> a- angel's hat. It wasn't a good time. It wasn't a good time for anyone. I, I would why. also like to have uh, shorter hair, but the more forehead that is revealed from me, the mm. worse it gets. Really? So, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I guess you could say I have a five head. Oh. <laughs> As in... Hey, it's Father's Day while we're recording, and that's a dad joke. That's true. It is so, true. It also yeah. reminds me of a, a painful childhood memory where, n- not for me, it wasn't painful for me, but oh, okay. my class was doing like experiments, and you were supposed to measure your forehead with spoons, and mm-hmm. one girl was three spoons, and the rest of us were two spoons, and uh-huh. she cried. She was very upset about it. No one intended for this to be right. a making fun of someone's situation. It's just right. the number of spoons didn't lie, and so I... I felt bad about it. Three spoons could she could have owned that, and that could have been like her code name or something. Yeah, hey, three spoons. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I mean, like, you know, as you say it that way, I hear I hear them getting upset. It, it doesn't now. sound yeah, good. That's okay. pretty bad. Yeah. Well, neither here nor there. But you know what? Today is sort of a, a double whammy because as we record, the library is not officially open. I'm not there. Mm-hmm. You're not there. But. This episode, uh, if you're listening to it on the day it drops, that's that's June 29th, and that is the first day that the David A. Howe Library has really been uh-huh. open since, I want to say, March 14th. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's been a long, long road over these last few months, but today is the day yeah. that we're trying uh, curbside pickup right out of the auditorium entrance. So just remember, as we were talking about with Nikki uh, last week, you can place your request by sending an email to wellsvilletstls.org by giving us a call. Uh, hopefully, StarCat is going to allow that soon. Place your request. Come down there during the set times. Get your books easy peasy. When the books come back, we're going to quarantine them for 72 hours before we check them in. So the books might stay on your account for a little while. But uh, mm. unless something crazy happens between when we're recording and when this episode drops, the library is going to be open today. So fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. Um, But that does mean that for our topic today, uh, we had to get a little creative. Eric, we're doing a Lonely Hearts Book Club 
Home edition! Alright, and whose lucky home have we found a Lonely Hearts book from? It was in mine, and I just want to remind you that before we started, I said, when I said Lonely Hearts Book Club, we were meant to say Home Edition in tandem, and you didn't do it. Oh, that's when we're doing it? Would you I like thought to- we were doing it. Would you like yeah, the second we try? The segment. Would yeah. you like? Let's do it one more time. All right, okay. a Lonely Hearts Book Club Home, home edition. edition. That was that's what I had in mind. That was good. Okay. I like that. Yes, I. Uh, well, we'll save it for the segment. But I found something fun for us. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, let's get into the bookmark, Eric. Uh, bookmark, bookmark, bookmark. Bookmark. What have you been reading, man? Finish anything oh. in the last week or so? Uh, yeah, I've been reading the news. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I know I messed up the Beatles lyrics, but, okay. you know. Yeah. Your heart was in the uh, right place, and I appreciate that you tried. You've been explaining a lot of uh, Pete Best lore to me this I past have. week or so. I have, yes. I've learned a lot. I didn't, and I'm also very jealous that he made a million dollars just by doing, like, a Probably few demos. Probably more. Probably more, honestly. I wish I had just shown up and been like, do you guys like this kazoo? Yeah. While they were recording. And then you would have cashed and, in. For yeah. those of you who don't know, Pete Best was the original drummer of the Beatles. Uh, his mother, Mona Best, is the one who got them a lot of their early gigs and really is a lot of the reason why they sort of were pushed head and shoulders above uh, other competition at the time. But when it came to record... The producers were like, you need a better drummer than Pete. So you can Mm -hmm. keep him for the road, uh, but when you're recording, you need somebody else. And they were like, actually, we wouldn't mind having a new drummer all around. Um, But here's where it gets sticky. Neither John nor Paul nor George went to Pete and were like, listen, man, (laughs) not working. They had their manager, Brian Epstein, break it to him. Uh, Mm -hmm. And of course, he was crushed. And Brian tried to put a band around Pete Best, uh, didn't fly. But decades later, when the Beatles anthology came out, some early Pete Best recordings were included, and that's where Pete Best cashed in. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the context to uh, Eric's joke. Yeah, there. yeah. Uh, I guess up front. he felt like uh, Pete second best for a while. Yeah, and you know, yeah. people took a while to, even though Ringo was pretty popular, like a popular drummer with Rory Storm and the Hurricanes, and he was a pretty well known, uh, you know, entity at the time. People would chant Pete forever, Ringo never at a lot of the early concerts mm. because yeah. they were very mad that Pete, who was the heartthrob, well, was kicked out. But people got over mm. it because Ringo's better. Snap. So, I know. Hot take. Hot take. I know. Yeah. Uh, but all of this is coming out of a bookmark. So have you actually read anything? Yeah, yeah I've been reading the biography of uh, Pete Best. And I know I said biography. <laughs> I like it. Instead of biography. No, I think it's nice. Biography sounds like something that like uh, Ron Burgundy and uh yeah. anchorman would say he's like yeah. i have been reading this biography yeah or you know if someone out there is working on a history of bees i think that would be a really good title mm, a biography yeah Ooh. is there anything that is not set up for a joke that you've been reading uh i guess that's up to you i've started the fires of heaven okay that i don't is know fifth book of the wheel of time series you're doing it remind me how long it's been since you finished book four uh, you know, I think it's been like five years. Wow. Which was a pretty long, because I read the first three books uh, with books in between them, but they were pretty close together. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth book was maybe like two years or so. So that was a big gap. And I be- I'm not sure. I'd have to ask an expert. But I don't think I'm in the spots yet where they start to get, I mean, you will, you'll laugh when I say long-winded, but I don't think they're at the spots where people consider this series too long, but I could be wrong. Maybe uh, no, 5 I, or 10 or where it is. I think you're right. I think I think okay. the, the long is yet to come. 
Yeah, so I think I'm still where uh, things are, are cooking, so okay. we'll see. I, I really did like book four a lot, so okay. so yeah, that's what I've been reading. Okay. And uh, again, I, I took my own advice and have been uh, watching through Community again. Nice. I'm uh, about to finish season five. Getting close to the end. I have probably done the least amount of reading that I've done in a week for maybe my entire adult life. I'm still just in this gushy brain quarantine place and I'm just slow going. Um, I actually, I put the Hunger Games book that I've been reading, the the Salad of Songbirds and Snakes. I hit like a good place to pause and I just Mm -hmm. set it aside for a while because I love those Hunger Games. Big mistake. No, I don't think so because I loved the the three Hunger Games books and I'm really liking the writing and the story of this one so far, but I just don't feel like I'm in the headspace to like really be enjoying it. So I worry that if I just keep going when I'm in this zone, I'm going to two-star this because, like, it'll take me six months. I need to retcon a review. For Name anyway. of the Wind. <laughs> no, not Name of the Wind. I need to retcon my review of Daisy Jones oh. after the discussion you and I had. Yeah. And you were like, I think you need to give it three stars. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I brought, I brought it down to three I stars. I saw that. I saw that. So yeah. I tried not to publicize it, but I was like, in, in all honesty, there yeah. you go. Yeah, I am glad you came clean. I almost called you on it on Goodreads because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I have it on tape that you said you gave it four stars, but there, yeah. you know, yeah. you didn't. Anyway, I set that aside and I picked up some lighter fare. Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse. This is a Star Wars book set in the new movie continuity, uh, one that I'm doing with the, with the book club with friends. Uh, where We just picked this one up. So I thought, yes, I can get through that. I am, however, still reading Akado Witch, which is the YA for Adults book club. Mm-hmm. that I'm doing with Kate, the children's librarian. Uh, pretty good story so far. It's it's um, a lot of Nigerian culture uh, bleeding into it, which I think is really nice to, to get mm-hmm. that context of it. So it's very different from the other kinds of things that I read. Uh, mm-hmm. and, the, and the magic presented in it is also very different. And there's kind of a mystery serial killer uh, thread weaving through it, too. So interesting read. I think it's going to make a good book club pick. But that's pretty much all the weight that my brain right. can hold at the moment. The way some people read, like Christine Feehan or James Patterson, that's yeah. how I read Star Wars books. Yeah, that's yes. They, they're just my they're my sugary, mm-hmm. almost like thriller like book. I'm like, I'm just gonna read this and turn yeah. my brain off and yeah. then uh, move on. Yeah, if so. you look at my if you look at my tally of books I've read during quarantine, they were either mm-hmm. audiobooks <laughs> right. or Star Trek and Star Wars because mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's yeah. just a lot. It's just a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm reading Denny O'Neill's Iron Man that I'd started last week. That's a big long run. And I'm reading what's called an epic collection, which is a huge set of, uh, Denny O'Neill Iron Man stories. Very impressive. Uh, the kind of, I don't know, the deep issues he's able to tackle in there. Um, mm. so I'm, I'm doing that. I finished only comic books that I finished. Uh, so I'll mention that I finished, uh, some classic Stanley, Steve Ditko, Captain America, but I'm going to mm. cut it there because, uh, I mean, Eric, I think we should share our news with the, with the good people here, mm. don't you think? Yep. For a long time, I think the- Nick the... has bought a boat. <laughs> finally. I finally <laughs> did it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Too bad it's during quarantine. Yeah. And I'm landlocked here, but I still feel like one of these days. All right. Yes. Well, I feel like for a long time, there's been two factions of all the books listeners. There's been the faction that's like, tell me more about comic books and what you think about comic books and the comic books that you're reading. And then the other faction that's like, please stop and Mm -hmm. talk about things that are not comic books. So uh, we have some good news for both factions. Um, Because, believe it or not, we always do abridge the amount we want to talk about comic books. Goodness. And even beyond that, (laughs) 
I usually take out a little bit just to bring it down a little bit more level. Finally, we've decided just to lean into it, and we're yeah. starting a new YouTube show. It's just me and Eric mm-hmm. uh, sitting down, chatting about topics in comic book history, characters that we like, things we're currently reading, like historic runs that uh, we're interested in. All of that just sort of unfiltered comic book talk is going to be over mm-hmm. on YouTube. What page can people find it on if they're looking for it, Eric? They can find it, oh, on my YouTube page yep. for the time being. That's a uh, Dusk versus Tweak YouTube yep. page. But it will also be uh, posted on RadioMeanwhile.com. And uh, I'm sure we'll also be sharing it via Twitters and yes. everything. So, uh, yeah, at, at the time of recording right now, we're going to record the first yep. episode after this episode. Just getting ready to so, do the pilot. Yeah, of- basically, yeah. the way you described it, like the past year, you could say, all the X-Men I've been reading, I've just been read, I've just been saying, like, I've read some X-Men comics. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen over there. On yeah. that one, uh-huh. you're going to know individual yeah. issues of X-Men yeah. comics I've read. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, and you're you're gonna find the answers to such questions like, what's up with the original Human Torch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, he became the Vision. Was there a whole line of Hanna Barbera comic books in the seventies? There sure the, were. These are the kind of things that uh, you're yeah. only gonna find over on uh, Comic Book Coffee Break. Yeah. So take a look for that. Like Eric said, we're recording the pilot a little bit later, uh, and it's it's how it came up was we were like we should just do a whole bookmark segment that's just comic books somewhere else. So yeah. The, yeah, I'm not going to feel uh, self-conscious anymore. That's right. Time, so. And Nick really needs this because like, he's got all this energy after buying the boat, but now he yeah. just can't. I know. Can't well, I'm sitting in the, the boat. boat. I'm sitting in the boat and reading the comics. Yeah. It's, not it's a cool that you turned your landlocked boat into a... You know what? Actually, you turning a landlocked boat into a recording studio would be the coolest thing in the wow. world. That actually does sound really right? cool. Yeah, it yeah. does. You're right. Let's just hmm. go into my let's just go to my recording studio. Yeah. A boat. Yeah, it's a boat. It's just a you boat mean, in my yard. You raise it up so you still have to climb up to the boat. Mm-hmm. You still have to walk up the ramp that to the boat. That sounds perfect. That sounds perfect. <laughs> wow. All right. Um That's you, a dad thing. Uh, Happy Father's Day. Yeah, seriously. Nick. You're the, you, you're the father on this. That's right. I am. Yeah. Thank you. Wait, yeah, that's all with your bookmark. Did you watch anything of consequence? I have actually been watching this Netflix show. Oh, I always mess up the title. I can't remember what it's called. There's another dad thing for you, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It is about these people who are on a plane and realize that when the sun comes up, it is killing everyone who is touched by the sun. And so they just continue to fly Uh, west. (laughs) I know. They just continue to fly west as they're like racing the sun around the globe, trying to figure out what the heck to do and where to go where they'll be safe. So it's very tense and very interesting. I'm, I'm really liking it so far. Into the Night? Into the Night. That's it. Thank you. I have six episode series. All yes. right. Yep. Bizarro. Okay. That's good. Cool. Yeah, it is good. Mm-hmm. All right. But no movies. I have, it's been my turn to pick a movie okay. in this house. Yeah. And I have, all we've done has been rewatching The Simpsons. Hmm. So we just started the third season uh, because on Disney Plus they finally fixed the aspect ratio. I heard ratio. that. Yeah, I heard. That's cool. So that's what we've been doing. And so it's been a lot of fun for me. But also realizing it, watching it with somebody who's never seen it, just how many like heartfelt and kind of sad episodes yeah. there are. Uh-huh. In the, it's, uh, but it's, it's been so fun. Like, And it's funny because I just like – The Simpsons still just cracks me up. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I was a latecomer to The Simpsons. My wife yeah. was always the fan. But yeah. – it was another thing that I wasn't allowed to watch as a kid. All right. Uh, then we're back to the New York Times. Uh, Take it away. Bestsellers. The bestseller right. list. Are you doing uh, combined print? Combined print and ebook fiction. Okay. 
Uh, okay, so number 10 is Little Fires Everywhere by yeah. Celeste G, uh-huh. an artist that bends a quiet town outside of Cleveland. I heard, uh, I've heard more popular, rev- or, you know, positive reviews about the, the Hulu series, so I, I just got to mm-hmm. get on board and watch it. The Guest List by Lucy Fowley, a wedding between a TV star and a magazine publisher on an island off the coast of Ireland turns deadly. Yeah, that's a lot of setup just to that be like... That is. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, a wedding between TV star and Mac. Ooh, if that's anything like uh, Then There Were None, sign me up. Yeah. I, I do love a good Then There Were None uh, setup. The I, think you should, I think you should I, watch again, it. Again, absolutely. We'll, maybe someday we'll talk this again on a comic book coffee break. Yeah. But there was a fun Batman story Grant, Grant Morrison did that was basically Then There Were None with a whole bunch of like old Batman wannabes huh. on an island. And they were all just getting. Uh, we have it at the library. It's I in the, uh, feel like Batman I've read that. I feel Club. like I've yeah. read that. But. And you and I saw a bananas rendition of that play. We yes. saw a high school. We went oh there. Oh my gosh! You, we were supporting the local uh, high yeah. school that was right next to the college. Yes. Uh, it was a high school rendition of "Then There Were None," and the kid who played the killer went in so hard. And when he was attempting to murder the yeah. the girl, I think we were all a little nervous that it, we were really witnessing it a was. murder. Yeah. He it was. was it, when he, it yeah. was where like Nicolas Cage would be in the back of the room, being like, "You need to take this down a notch." <laughs> oh my, no kidding! Slow he down. Was like, I will have my yeah. head. We were like, it, "Ah!" It was. <laughs> it was. Yeah, Nicolas Cage. Oh my gosh, I'd forgot. I'd blocked down. that out. I had. I had successfully blocked that out, but that was yeah. bananas. Is this a Nora Roberts book? Is that what we're talking about here? Oh, this is Lucy Lucy Fowley. This has been on the list for two weeks. Doesn't Nora Roberts also have a, some sort of like wedding island sort of, sort of book? I guess we'll find out as we go. Number eight, Hideaway by Nora Roberts. A child star escapes her abductors, gathers herself in Western Ireland, and returns to Hollywood. Yeah, Ireland. Yeah. Ireland and like a TV star. That's why I was... That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, number seven, Fair Warning by Michael Connelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connelly. The third book in the Jack... McAvoy yes. series. Yes. A, report, a reporter tracks a killer who uses genetic data to pick his victims. Mm, the first. first in that series is called The Poet, and it's very good. I, oh. like, I like that book quite a bit. Number six is Camino Wins by John Grisham. See, this seems like the kind of book you should be reading right now, Nick. Hey, hey, I just went through Father's Day, and no one bought... I'm always saying these are dad oh, books. Yeah. And no to be one... fair, your son's six years old. I don't know that's if he's true. entirely with it about John Grisham. Mm. That's true. You're right, and that's. I would be surprised if he got you a Lego set and then asked if that reflects on me. (laughs) That reflects on me. Actually, he gave me a pretty, pretty creative card that he made me. It was like a picture of us that he drew, and there were hearts on the front. On the back of the card, he drew a heart in a darker color and gave me a flashlight and said I had to use the flashlight from the back of the card and find the hidden heart. Snap! Right. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's cute. And then there actually was a hidden heart back there. And I, wow. was, I was thoroughly impressed. That's no, impressive. Yeah. I'm not saying that Camino Wins wouldn't have been a welcome addition. Yeah. It's just the but, card was yeah. clever. So. Maybe some cash in that card. Yeah. Yeah. What, a Barnes & Noble gift card. You know. Together. Yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah. But yeah. He, he goes through your wallet to take out some yeah. cash. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. He, he Dennis the Menaces me a uh, Camino Wins by <laughs> John Grisham. Uh, yeah, but you don't have to worry about that right now because you're inside your recording boat. Yeah, my recording boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Camino <laughs> wins by John Grisham. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Book idea. Book idea. A band 
in the 70s okay. in the style of, let's say, something like the Eagles. Okay. okay? Yeah. So, uh, 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 easy soft rock kind yeah. of band. Okay. They, they're, they're in a rut. They, they need to record. They decide, hey, let's do it. Let's go record on the open sea mm-hmm. in, in this yacht that's set up for recording. Yeah. Oh, no. It's sinking. <gasps> wow. Yeah. I got to tell you, the, the sinking part actually uh-huh. turned me off a little bit. Really? I was you more... just want to hear the, the, the recording process on the boat. Yeah, all the things that would go wrong and trying to... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds like a growing all experience, right. but the all right, sinking... But the, the sinking was one step too far. It puts a time clock on it, is all I'm saying. You got to really... That's true. What if they decide we can't leave the boat? Until this album is done, even mm, if it's sinking, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and that kind of affects their songs. So, yeah. like when we hear it, we're like, "Boy, they really do feel like uh, their relationship is sinking yeah. down." No, these guys, they just sinking. they just can't keep their head above water. Number five, number five, "The Vanishing Half" by Britt Bennett. Mm-hmm. The lives of twin sisters who run from a Scotland black community at age 16 diverge as one returns and the other takes on a different racial identity, but their fates intertwine. Hmm. I not know that. I know that Scotland, not Ireland, but is either one of them a TV star? Oh, did is I say a Scottish black community? Yes. Let me reread this. Okay. The lives of twin sisters who run away from a southern black community at age 16 diverge as one returns to another, takes a different racial identity. I don't know why I said Scottish. Hmm. So. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Number four, where the crawdads sing. In a quiet Scottish town in 1969, <laughs> a young woman who yeah. survived alone in the marsh becomes sure. a murder suspect. Sure. How many marshes does Scotland have? I'm not I'm sure. I'm not entirely sure of the uh, geography of like the uh, terrain mm. of yeah. Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. So. I can't help you. I don't know. Marshy? Seems like it. <laughs> Number three, Tom Clancy. Firing Point by Mike Madden. Hmm. Uh, when an old friend is killed during a bombing of a Barcelona cafe, Jack Ryan Jr. Oh. searches for those responsibilities. Is this is a Jack J- Ryan Jr. not president? Jack Ryan Sr. was president at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jack Ryan Jr. was an animated series from the 80s about yeah. Jack Ryan's nephew. And uh, yeah, Jack Ryan Jr.'s the nephew. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, uh, you know what? I have not seen an episode of James Bond Jr., which we were spoofing just then in a very what? long time. A very what? long time. Do you want to plug uh, that episode where you talk to Mel Gilden about James Bond Jr.? Sure. I was bringing it up, actually, because in cleaning our house, I found a VHS tape with an episode of nice. uh, James Bond Jr. on it. But yes, we did interview author Mel Gilden, both for uh, the All the Books show and 9021 Here We Go, uh, where we talked about his time writing on James Bond Jr., as well as uh, other novels and television projects. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, number two, Daddy's Girl by Danielle Steele. After title. a California rancher's sudden death, title. his three daughters discover things they did not know about their father. But the cover looks kind of like nice. Hmm. Like well, it, well, maybe it was like we sold the farm and donated it all to charity. Yeah, maybe it's yeah, that. Maybe kind of this thing. is one of those rare occurrences where the father has a lot of nice secrets. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe he just maybe gave it's a lot the, of money. Yeah, yeah. maybe he didn't he want to brag had, at the dinner table. He had a really like charitable spirit, and it's not like they find just jars of human urine in the basement. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Number one, The Summer House by James Patterson and Brendan Desbois. Is this uh, is this a co-author we're familiar with? I'm trying to. Like, no, I don't 
I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. Not one is that I've a, read anyway. A newcomer in the house of James Patterson? Possibly. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah Cook, a veteran and former NYPD cop, investigates a mass murder near a lake in Georgia. Hmm. Near a lake. Near a lake. Okay. <laughs> near a lake in Georgia. Not in the lake, but it's nearby. It's adjacent near, to a lake. Yeah. It's okay. kind of like if it's if the murder, if the body wasn't found in the lake... Why even mention that the lake is nearby? Mm-hmm. Why not just say in the woods? You know what? You know what? I have read. I have read one of these books. I read Out of Sight uh, by James Patterson and Brendan Dubois. It was not good. I didn't like it. Oh, hey. I didn't, I didn't like it. Hey. But, uh, yes. Did your du- best. Brendan Dubois wrote some book shots with him back when that was a thing. And then the book The First Lady and the Summer House. Do you remember when book shots were... What is it like? It was like two a month. It was two a month of these like ninety to a hundred page like quick. I think two thrillers. a month is is conservative number. Do you really? Oh it's yeah. Possible. They were it, big business, and then they just dried up completely. Yeah. yeah. There was no. Well, more. it's like Quibi. They were the they were the book equivalent of Quibi, basically. In which you think that people, because they're on their phone all the time and are taking uh, media in such short bites during yeah. the day they want things that are made for short bites yeah but no we don't want quibi and right. we didn't want book shots right i also think the price point was kind of a thing i think if they would have been just a little bit because it's essentially just a short story you know it's like it's like the final project of, of a like a senior sem writing class yeah you know? yeah i don't think you're yeah unless somebody reads short stories why yeah. would they right. pick that up i and guess the, i don't know I get the, like the idea. Reader, deep, I really do get the idea. Version. They talked a lot about like commuters on trains and that sort of thing, which I mean, what is it, nineteen sixty-five? But yeah. also, like, I think if even they would have been subways, even if you're sitting exactly, on a subway, yeah. do you want to like open your bag and get that out, or are you just going to take out your phone, which you've already had out because you always have your phone out? Well, Grandpa, I think probably you just buy them like on on you know Google Books or Kindle or whatever, mm-hmm. and have yeah, them sure. run on your phone. But oh, I I'm just, a I'm a Grandpa. Yeah. Because I don't want to read a book shot. No, 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 but no, no. But the argument you're making is you're not going to pull out a print book to read. You're going to just going to look at your phone. But I think their thought process was you can just read it on your phone in an hour. I think it was just too much and too expensive. I think that's all it was. Yeah. Okay. All right. The short life of the James Patterson bookshot. They had their bookshot and they uh, burned bright. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Feel like you and I. We're covering them maybe exclusively. I don't know how many other book podcasts out there were covering book shots as I, much as we were. I mean, we did an episode where we read one. Yeah, we did. That's I mean, true. It seemed like for a while we yeah. were like the one-stop shop for bookshot news. Well, it was interesting. It would have been we really – How it, did we not start a podcast dedicated to bookshots? Yeah. You know, hindsight. Man, we could have been rich. It would be kind of a funny podcast to do now because there's a manageable numbers. And don't even get me started on bookshot flames. There was a whole offshoot of just romance novels not written by James Patterson, but still had James Patterson, not even claiming to be written by James Patterson, I should say. But anyway, Mm -hmm. Uh, are you ready for segment time, buddy? Is that what time it is? Yeah. Segment. Oh, wait, no, we have a song. We do. Here it goes. Home edition. Now, normally what I do when we're at the library, if you're new to the podcast here, you're joining us at episode 252, normally I would run a report uh, and look at what books in our collection, because David A. Howe has a whole second level uh, down underneath. That, that sounds like a dungeon. It's just a downstairs uh, where we can keep a lot of books that uh, 
you know, other libraries might have to get rid of due to space size. But since we have the space, we try to keep unique titles in the system, even if they don't get a lot of play. Sometimes we find some real gems down there. So I run this report. I pick something. Eric and I investigate it. We decide whether or not uh, the lack of use was because people just weren't discovering it or they were discovering it and making the correct decision. Today, because we're not yet back at the library, uh, I looked at my own shelves and found a book that I've had for a very, very long time that I don't think I've ever even thumbed through. It is The Monkey Wrench Gang by Edward Abbey. Is that name familiar to you, Eric? No. Are we, are we looking at like an apple dumpling gang kind of situation? It, that's kind of what it seems like. Now, a few episodes back when we did our lockdown book recommendations, I mentioned the book Desert Solitaire, which is a nonfiction sort of memoir, sort of philosophy book by Edward Abbey. This is his fiction novel, one of one of many fiction novels. Uh, and so I picked it up for that reason. I recognized the name. I love Desert Solitaire. And I thought, oh, OK, sure. Let's uh, mm -hmm. let's read some let's read some uh, fiction here by Edward Abbey. Let me tell you a little bit of information about the book. It was published in 1975. It remains his most popular work of fiction. The original cover price on the copy I have, $6.99 for the paperback. Mm -hmm. uh, on the cover, we have the Monkey Wrench Gang in a diamond uh, with a blurb underneath, Excellent High Adventure, Playboy Magazine. <laughs> so Playboy yeah. thinks it's an excellent high adventure. You have a group of people in a Jeep. Uh, a very hairy man is driving. You've got a uh -huh. woman with an Indiana Jones hat. You've got sort of a Steve Irwin type behind and then next to her, you have a balding middle-aged man with glasses. There are so many different covers of this. Like, you have definitely the 70s, early 80s yes. cover. Uh, I think the original cover is this, like, kind of just plain black font text. And then it's a giant wrench yeah. crushing a bulldozer with mm -hmm. somebody hanging off the bulldozer. Mm -hmm. Background is completely white. And then there's the one that looks like it's trying to go for like a comic book look. Yeah. Where like there's an old man with a cigar, still the girl with the Indiana Jones hat, and they're watching a train come in. So like compare like the one with the Jeep, the one with the bulldozer, and the one with the train, I got nothing. Wow. Also, it looks like they updated it sometimes in like the early 2000s. And it's just an uh, image of like something that looks like the uh, the outback of Utah or yeah. Arizona, and it just says the monkey wrench monkey wrench game. Monkey orange. wrench game. So right. like putting this together, no idea. Like, are they trying to stop modern times from coming to their town? I don't know. I don't know. Let me tell you. Uh, let me let me read. Do you the... have a like a Spielberg vibe from the cover you have? It does. It does. And not just the Indiana Jones hat, but like that kind of southwestern mm -hmm. uh, Americana yeah. background yes. with that Jeep. Like maybe they're being chased by the Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> yes. From the back cover, in quote, and just what the hell are they planning next? All right, that's, that's above everything else. All right, okay. synopsis. The bridge, bedecked with bunting, streamers, and day-glow banners, was ready. The throng prepared to unloose a cheer or two. Suddenly, the center of the bridge rose up and broke in two along a jagged zigzag line. A sheet of red flame streamed skyward. This is their last stunt, Governor. We're on their tail, sir. We have a good idea who they are. Now the, how they operate and what they're planning next. The Monkey Wrench Gang. Does that does that give you anything? Yeah. Sure. I mean, okay. Twenty. Normally, when we you find one, it's it's we're lucky to find like a review yeah. on Goodreads that yeah. somebody did. Uh, Twenty thousand. 
Yeah. Ratings on Goodreads. It's a relatively well known. It is. Is this a book number one? There is. I'll get to that. I will get to that. All right. Let me tell you the rest of the blurbs. Okay. Okay. Um, A sad, hilarious, exuberant, vulgar fairy tale. It'll make you want to go out and blow up a dam. The National Observer. What? This book will turn you into a domestic terrorist. (laughs) Since the publication of The Monkey Wrench Gang, uh, that was National Observer who said that thing. Since the (laughs) publication of The Monkey Wrench Gang, Mr. Abbey has become an underground cult hero. That's the New York Times. And finally, Mm -hmm. one of the very best writers to deal with the American West, The Washington Post. Uh, All right. So normally when we talk about the... uh, uh, the Lonely Hearts Book Club. Yes. We know that somebody else in the library prior to us had bought the book. Yes. How did the Monkey Wrench Gang end up on your shelf? Just like I said, I, I like Desert Solitaire. And so I think I just got this at a thrift store one day. I was looking at the uh, spines of books, recognized mm-hmm. Edward which, Abbey. Which shelf is this? Which shelf? In your house. Like, in where is it? It's like, just... is it your main bookshelf? Yeah, or yeah it's main away? bookshelf. Okay. It was actually the the... Because it's A B B E Y alphabetically, it was the very first book on my bookshelf. If you want to, wow. technical. and yet you you still haven't read it. I haven't. I haven't. I'd always intended to, but mm. I just I just never picked it up. So uh, here we Anything go. Anything else All good right. at that thrift store? Do you remember that thrift store? I sadly, I, it is it is no more. It has been closed. Oh. It was one that was in Springville. It was huge. It was where I got a lot of books and a lot of furniture. So I'm sad to uh, yeah. sad to see it go. All right, so we open up. We have mm-hmm. more. We have more. Okay. Uh, here's more reviews here. A Real Rump, the Saturday Review. Rivaled, <laughs> outrageous, and in fact, scandalous, mm-hmm. said the Smithsonian. The Monkey Wrench Gang is a laconic comedy played out in vast open space. Abby loves and knows well. That's true from Desert Solitaire. Newsweek. Uh, mixes comedy and chaos with enough chase sequences. <gasps> chase sequences? Hmm. By your cover, there better be at least a one. A little bit of Scooby-Doo vibe going on. Are, wait, yeah. are these just grown-up Scooby-Doo characters? No. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No. Mixes mm-hmm. comedy and chaos with enough chase sequences to leave you hungering for more. San Francisco Examiner mm-hmm. and Chronicle. And finally, Edward Abbey is a writer one would not want to miss. The Washington Post. Uh, we have a very elaborate content list here we have a prologue we have four different origins uh and then the first i guess main chapter starts with the wooden shoe conspiracy every chapter has a fun name all right uh the raid at comb wash hey duke's march hey duke and smith at play search and rescue on the job doc and bonnie go shopping the kraken's arm saturday night in america dr sarvis at home a lot of interesting things happening there uh, we have some quotes on the inside cover here. But, oh, my desert, yours is the only death I cannot bear, Richard Sheldon. Resist much. Obey little, Walt Whitman. Now mm-hmm. or never, Thoreau. And in a classy move, we have sabotage. Mm. Yes. Uh, sabot, wooden shoe, plus age from damage done to machinery by sabots. So now we know what sabotage is according to Webster's Dictionary. And, oh, we have a, we have a map. We have a map nice. on the inside cover. Yeah, we need cover. one. We would we need do. one. Now I know, because I didn't know where the Valley of Gods was in in relation to Hall's Crossing Marina, and now I know exactly where it is because there's a map. Um, prologue. The Aftermath. Oh! What do you think about that? It begins where it ends. Do you like yeah. that? Yeah. It's not even ad, it's not even ad nauseum. I know. No. Ad nauseum? Ad nauseum? No. That means on and on and on? Yeah. All right. Continue. 
When a new bridge between two sovereign states of the United States has been completed, it is time for speech. For flags, bands, and electronically amplified techno-industrial rhetoric. For the public address. The people are waiting. The bridge, bedecked with bunting, streamers, and dayglow banners, is ready. All wait for the official opening and final oration. The slash of ribbon, the advancing limousines. No matter that in the actual fact, the bridge has already known heavy commercial use for six months. Long files of automobiles stand at the approaches, strung out for miles to the north and south, and monitored by state police on motorcycles, sullen heavy men, creaking with leather, stiff in riot helmet, badge gun, mace, club, radio, the proud, tough, sensitive flunkies of the rich and powerful, eek, armed and dangerous. When was this book written? 1975. 1975. Uh, The people wait, sweltering in the glare, roasting in their cars, bright as beetles under the soft roar of the sun. The desert sun of the Utah, Arizona, the infernal flaming plasmic meatball in the sky. I've never heard of the sun. (laughs) described as a flaming meatball but jeez yeah uh i mean they they both they both produce gas so that makes sense Hmm. five thousand people yawning (laughs) what do you expect it's the monkey wrench gang yeah you're right scallions five thousand people yawning in their cars intimidated by the cops and bored to acedia by the chant of the politicians their squalling kids fight in the back seats frigid queen ice cream drooling down their chins and elbows pooling jackson pollock Schmierkunst on the malevolent radicals of the boy, it's getting hard. Vinyl light seat covers all endure, though none can bear to listen to the high decibel racket pouring from the public address system. Eric, what are you learning so far? That I'm bored. <laughs> okay, I mean, already, I guess I don't want to blow up anything, let alone a damn. Right understood, now. understood. I guess I'm feeling sort of a subversive tone coming coming off yeah, I coming guess. off hot. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah, a little cranky in the 70s. Yeah, okay. Um, would you like me to read to you from one of the origin chapters, or do you want me to get to you the first name chapter that doesn't say origin? Goodness, yeah. First name chapter okay. that doesn't say origin. Okay, let's see. The Wooden Shoe Conspiracy. There was mm. this bum on the beach, fiercely bearded, short, squat, malevolent, his motor vehicle loaded with dangerous weapons. This bum... A lot of bumps on the beach. I guess so. Did nothing, yeah. said nothing, stared. They ignored him. Smith's boatman... Smith's assistant boatman... Sorry, I gave him a promotion. Smith's assistant boatman did not appear. Never did appear. Smith rigged his boat alone, chewing on jerky. He sent his girlfriend to page with the truck to pick up the passengers and arriving that morning by air. The bum watched. As soon as the work was completed, he would probably ask for a job. Flight 96 was late as usual. Boy, this is not doing it for me. (laughs) I'm just not feeling it. Finally, it emerged from a cloud bank, growled overhead, banked and turned and landed into the wind on the strictly limited page runway. Limited at one end by the high-tension power line and at the other end by the 300-foot cliff. I guess it feels a little more non-fiction-y in the way it's describing things. Do you, know it, do you know what I'm I, saying? We haven't met a character yet. That's true. Well, there's this bum. There's this bum we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Considering that people, you know, we've heard, we've heard some high praise in these reviews. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let me go back to Origins 1, A.K. Sarvis, M.D. 
Now we know we got a person. Dr. Mm. Sarvis, with his bald, mottled dome and savage visage, grim and noble as Sibelius, was out night riding on a routine neighborhood beautification project, burning billboards along the highway, US 66, later to be devoured by the superstate's interstate autobahn. His procedure was simple, surgically deft. With a five-gallon can of gasoline, he sloshed about the legs and support members of the selected target, then applied a match. Everyone should have a hobby. In the lurid glare which which followed, he could be seen shambling back to the Lincoln Continental Mark IV, parked nearby, empty gas can banging on his insuant shanks. A tall and ponderous man, shaggy as a bear, he cast a most impressive shadow in the light of the flames. I'm not digging it. I'm not digging it. I was looking up uh, who Sibelius is, but I guess I misspelt it because the only person I got was Kathleen uh, Sibelius, who was a... uh, Secretary of Health okay. and Human Services during 2009 to right. 2014. I'm finding this one particularly difficult to get a sense of. So let me read you an online <laughs> let me read you an online synopsis to gives you a little bit more of what we're talking about. The book's four main characters are ecologically minded misfits, seldom seen Smith, a Jack Mormon River guide, Doc Sarvis, an odd but health- wealthy and wise surgeon, Bonnie Abzug, his young Jewish feminist assistant, and a rather eccentric Green Beret Vietnam veteran, George Hayduke. Together, although not always working as a tightly knit team, they form the titular group dedicated to the destruction of what they see as the system that pollutes and destroys their environment, the American West. As the gangs attack on deserted bulldozers and trains continue, the law closes in. I don't know. Should I grab another book? I feel like this one's not jiving. No, that's the that's the that's the thing. That's what happens with yeah. uh, we we've had a a decent string I think recently, but uh here we go. A book from 1970 that has not checked out at the Gunning House. That's right. And maybe rightfully. But 20,000 people four-star rating know. average. I know. So maybe they're seeing something we're not. For the gang, the enemy is those who would develop the American Southwest, despoiling the land, befouling the air, and destroying nature in the sacred purity of Abbey's desert world. Their greatest hatred is focused on the Glen Canyon Dam, a monolithic edifice of concrete that the monkey wrenchers seek to destroy because it dams a beautiful wild river. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I guess they're basically just eco-terrorists is what we're talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, maybe it's... Dated? I mean, do you think it's just too dated to, like, the I don't style know. Unless of Unless you're it? saving the tigers, I don't have a lot of... <laughs> I see. Well... <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, we just didn't get to anything. We kept looking for... I don't know where the hook is or when yeah. it shows up. It... Like, is this just going to be a whole description of the industries that are coming in, all the terrible things that are happening, and then the last chapter, boom! Monkey wrench game! I'm not sure. I don't think so. I mean, it seems like, as I'm flipping through here, I'm seeing a lot of dialogue with characters. So it seems like, you know, we get to the point. But I'll tell you, from Desert Solitaire, it's not hard to trace where the bad attitude that I'm getting in this book comes from. Because mm-hmm. he his it was... He seemed to me in that book, even though I enjoyed it and enjoyed reading it, he came off to me as a pretty unpleasant person. Oh. Who's some of his views lined up with how I feel about certain things, but I felt like overall it was not a person that I would want to hang out with. And I sort of feel like that that sort of outsider, you know, looking down on things that are happening mindset feels like it's pretty pretty pervasive in the way this book is written. So I think if you're maybe right right with that feeling wise, 
um, you read this and it could be absolutely like yes because a lot of people in the reviews we're seeing they're saying it's it's sad and it's you know it's damning yeah. and all that so it seems like it's it's meant to be sort of a i don't know mm-hmm. almost yeah. almost subversive to the genre of like people who care about the earth and that it's focusing on yeah. people who are more negative but doing right. something that the author thinks in the long run is positive so i guess in that yeah. way i mean it is interesting it's intriguing i think it would be a good mm-hmm. book club pick as far as the discussion that could come out of it but mm-hmm. i like i said i had always planned to pick this up one day but it would take a lot to get me to read it now mm. what do you Turn think yourself in yeah. What do you think? No, I don't want to read it. You don't want to. No, thank you. Did you? No. Did you? See I mean, it? I guess if Spielberg got a hold of these rights and turned it into his style of movie, I'd probably uh, probably watch it. Uh, an '80s kind of adventure romp. I'm based just, off of this. I'm having a hard time. Rough parts. I'm having a hard time finding a tone because it's it's not a short book. I mean, this one clocks in at about 400 pages, but they're the kind of pages oh. where like ev- the words are just crammed onto the page. So. In a yeah, modern yeah, day I hardcover, I think you'd be more like yeah. 500 plus pages. Um, yeah. So I sort of feel like my impression here was that it's probably a good story, but would be an unpleasant read. Do you think that I should keep this book on my shelf? Or Ooh, do you that's think... A good, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't almost know. feel like you're... Because you've you've now decided you're probably not going to pick it up. It's just taking up space. It's part of the and culling. As, yeah. As a, as a book that's basically the start on your bookshelf. Yeah. That's a pretty bad precedent. The next on that is Watership Down. Ooh, depressing. Yeah. Have you read Watership Down? No, I haven't. I'm a hypocrite. I'm a fraud. I bought it because I picked it up in Barnes and Noble and was reading it and was just so impressed by the writing and the story. But then when you sit down to read it, it just is so dark. It's so dark. And like, it's the juxtaposition of the darkness with like the cute woodland creatures that makes the book so like fascinating and readable. But at the time, I just wasn't in the in the right zone for it. So maybe what's come out of this is that maybe now I'll pick up Watership Down once my brain gets back to mm, retaining knowledge. Sure. Yeah. All right, folks, that was The Monkey Wrench Gang by Edward Abbey. Uh, yeah. And it's going to get a thumbs down, a universal thumbs down from the All the Book Show Lonely Hearts Book Club, I'm sad to say. That's kind of a downer. I feel I'm sad now. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Well. I'm sorry, happens. man. It I don't happens. own it. No, I don't no. have any responsibility. No, I understand. I understand. I'm free. Keep it or don't. Yep. Doesn't affect my bookshelf. Okay. Well, I'll keep you posted. Listeners, if you've read this book, if you read this book or Hey Dude's Hey Dude <laughs> I'm gonna get confused with the Nickelodeon show Hey Dude. Uh mm. listeners, if you've read this hey book Hey Dude Lives <laughs> I mean that's a perfect name for a reboot of Hey Dude. Yeah. But uh, if you've read this book or its sequel, Hey Duke Lives, and think, no, you've made a mistake here, Nick. You absolutely should read this book. It's so good. I do want to hear. I do want to hear your thoughts on why and about this book in general. So uh, you can find us on Twitter at All the Book Show, uh, Facebook at David A. Howe Public Library. You can send us an email at wellsville at stls.org. Uh, or you can comment right on SoundCloud, right in, right in this episode at soundcloud.com slash all the books. But uh, let us know what you think. Hey, dude, if it came back, would be depressing because it would just be a bunch of uh, people in their mid-40s yeah. coming to an old rundown ranch yeah. and complaining about uh, oh, yeah. the Maybe. online generation. Listen, let me just 
maybe it's a thing where you have they're all parents now and their kids are really obsessed with technology and so they want to open a place that's no yeah. screens allowed and mm-hmm. so they all pool their resources by the old bar none dude ranch and mm-hmm. reopen it what well, does is the dude, hey, dude ranch, lives is the dude ranch on the same land and thus an extension of the salute your shorts camp hmm are I don't we, think is there a verse. I don't think that that was established in the Nickelodeon canon, but right. I think the new series could make that connection. I think there's room for it. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I would certainly. I don't be think open we can that. combine. You, you know what? We could even combine the '90s version of Land of the Lost, in that it's just happening all in the past, right? And yeah. they're now on the Land of the Lost land, and yeah. maybe some days they're digging up and they find the bones of that uh, that lady who wears a bikini all the time. Oh boy. Yeah. They opened the doors. They found dinosaurs. Yeah. Living Bones. in the land of the lost. <laughs> well, that cheered me up a little bit, actually. Yeah. Spitballing a, a Man, hey dude give revival. Give me a Narnia, but with dinosaurs. I'm in. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's that, I think uh, that's just Dinotopia. Or Dino City, the Dino City book I read. Mm, Not a movie be. I watched as a kid. Could be. Where they like get sucked into yeah. a dinosaur movie or game or something. Did you ever read, back when we interviewed Alan Dean Foster for the show a while back, you mentioned the Dinotopia books, and he really liked those books and was glad mm-hmm. that you brought them up. Have yeah. you since investigated them and read more? Dinotopia is one of those series, like, I never know what you're supposed to read. Like, I remember actually reading one of, like, the art books and going through it. But, like, as a kid, I was like, what are the Dinotopia books? Are they these chapter mm-hmm. books that are for us, that are in my school yeah. library? Yeah. Are, those, are they the bigger Dinotopia books? Mm-hmm. Or are they just a bunch of picture books? Right. So it was just A lot the, of questions. I watched the show. That was bad. Yeah. Okay. The bad right. show, like Gizmo or something, was the name of the Gallimimus. I, I just Ugh. have to take your word on it. I don't, I don't know yeah. at all. So, yeah. okay, yeah, that pacifist. Uh, he said there was a challenge with that one because it was, uh, it's a pacifist society. Right. The dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like, how do you come up with conflict? But yeah, what did he say? He said uh, it's a book about dinosaurs and pirates, and if that doesn't get your blood going, I don't yeah. know what will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that interview was a lot of fun. You can find that again at yeah. SoundCloud.com/slash all the books. Yeah. I did put um, the ice. What's it called? Ice breaker. Ice, ice rigger. Ice Rigger. I did yeah. put that on my Twitter I've read, read that. List. Episode 225 is Alan Dean Foster. Everybody, you can yeah. find that there. It's also in both our Star Trek and Star Wars playlists because he's written for both. All right. Hey. For a lot. Thanks for talking about Hey Dude and Star Wars with me for a minute there. It, it cheered me yeah. up after the Monkey Wrench gang. <laughs> so. Sure. All right. As yeah. far as book news go, everyone, yeah. we kind of covered that at the top. The library right now, again, as of recording, the library right mm-hmm. now is in... Uh, curbside pickup so please uh, stop in and uh, pick up your holds you can request anything we have limited to our collection right now we're not uh, no libraries are allowed to share in between libraries but you can check out any of our video games movies uh, children's books adult books large print uh, audiobooks newspaper magazines graphic novels the works uh, you can come and check any and all of that stuff out by just placing a request, stopping in to pick it up during those times down at the auditorium door, which is right off the parking lot. So easy peasy. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of the All the Book Show. Uh, yeah. Oh, that, that's it? I thought you were going to chime in there. I, no, I got nothing else. It is. That's oh. it. Okay. Yeah, that was the episode. Oh, I'm sad again. Say something to cheer me up. <laughs>